0: Welcome to the Jacob's Well Church Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Flower. I pastor Jacob's Well. And this podcast is designed to either add supplement to the Sunday morning services that I just didn't get to, or to update church members or people who follow Jacob's Well on the things that God's doing among us. I hope as you sit back and listen, you'll be encouraged by the scripture, by the the words that the Spirit of the Lord is giving us in this season and that hopefully you'll get involved in what God's doing in Jacob's well or through Jacob's well. God bless you. We're praying for you. We're believing for God's best for you today and that you would know Him, surrender your life fully to Him and be led by His Spirit in whatever He's called you to do in your life. God bless and thanks for listening. In First Kings chapter three, verses one through fifteen, on Sunday, I laid out some of the um, scripture's description of the beginning of Solomon's reign, and I mentioned how there already at the beginning was the signs that Solomon was making choices that were going to eventually undermine his kingdom and his place in God's plan for um, blessing him and his people. In verse uh, 1 of chapter 3, it says, Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. This, This word alliance is a word that When I was preparing the sermon for Sunday, there was a whole other section that I intended to get to that really kind of digs into this kind of scheme that the enemy uses in our lives and is reflective here in Solomon's life of how, in one hand, the strategies that Solomon had for expanding the kingdom and bringing peace was blessed by God. There, there was an uh, an instance within Solomon's reign where he makes an alliance with one of the foreign kings, and and the Lord uses that uh, to bring about resources for the building of the of the, the temple. and And there's nothing associated with that narrative that reflects some kind of disobedience to God's law or or his intentions for Solomon and the and the kingdom and the people of Israel at that time. But here we see another track. We see the word alliances used in the narrative that describes Solomon's eventual Fall from following the Lord with a whole with his whole heart and and worshiping Him and remaining faithful to the Lord. Instead, we see Him uh, declining in His obedience to God and eventually His heart being um, led to sin through His relationships with the women from foreign countries that He married in alliances with foreign kings, and so you have. In the story of Solomon, kind of like two tracks, one where the pursuit of peace is blessed through alliances and then where his flesh gets an opportunity to get a foothold in the decision making process of of Solomon and and in his geopolitical alliances, and you see that his flesh actually begins to lead him astray. And that's the alliance that I kind of lean on, this idea of we have choices in our lives that uh, can be blessed by God and lead to greater and greater um, obedience and blessing from God. And then there can be decisions that we make that might be the right decisions, but our flesh gets involved and corrupts those pathways and we end up seeing God's um, favor in those situations lessen and and we, we move into disobedience and rebellion and eventually we bear the fruit of those choices that we're making according to our flesh instead of in obedience to what the Lord has. We see in 1 Kings eleven one through 10 it says of King Solomon, it says, Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edom- Edomites, Sid- Sidon- Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. As the heart of David, his father, had been, he followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonites, or the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives, who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. And the Lord became angry with Solomon, because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. We see here that Solomon's political alliances, though established peace as God intended, also became the avenue through which the enemy gained a stronghold through his flesh. Peace became a compromise. His father David was a man of war and fought for freedom with his hands and fell in his heart to lusts and affections of the flesh. Solomon fought his wars with his mind, but struggled and fell in his heart lusts and affections, or his flesh." This is reflective of just this dangerous place where our flesh is always warring with our spirit or with the purposes and plans of God, as as Paul says in the scriptures. Galatians 5, verse 13, 16 through 17, uh, 24 through 25, all that section there says this, For you were called to be free brothers and sisters only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but serve one another through love i say then walk by the spirit and you will not certainly you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh these are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want as far as the flesh is concerned now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also keep step with the spirit and this is the this is the point that i kind of wanted to add to the sermon this challenging place where we really have to keep a check on our heart our affections and on the power of the flesh to try to corrupt or or war against what the spirit is doing in our lives you know this idea of living by the spirit and keeping step with the spirit being right with what god is doing and following him as he leads us through our day-to-day lives and being responsive to him and and making sure that we don't try to bring to what he's doing in our lives that opportunity for the flesh to somehow insert itself and its desires into this work that God's doing in our lives. You may be involved in very good things in your life, things that God's called you to be involved in, education, um, you know, recreation, various different projects that you might be involved in around your home or your life, the sports and, 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 extracurricular life of your children, the um, place of work and business and earning money in your life, the maintenance and building up of your health and your fitness. These are all areas that we are all called to be um, engaged in 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 our lives as, as Christians. The, the trick here is how the enemy works to take some legitimate area and begin to lead us through temptation to give our, opportun- our flesh an opportunity to get a foothold in one of those areas that are the realm in which God is at work in our lives, to somehow corrupt it, to turn it into something that God doesn't want, to make it an idol, to to create opportunities for sin that might bring dishonor to God, or your character, or your reputation. These are all areas where keeping step with the Spirit is essential. Discerning and and having relationships and a constant exposure to God's Word and prayerful discernment from the lord to to you know to hold your life open before god to make sure that your flesh or the work of the enemy or temptation or some kind of stronghold isn't developing and steering you away from god's perfect will for your life people don't end up in bad places in a quick manner usually it's a small course Adjustment that leads us away from the place that God desires us to end up. And we do this by not being in step with the Spirit. The Spirit saying, This way, don't go that way. But we ignore that. We resist it. We allow our flesh, our attitudes, our temperaments, our ambitions, our lusts to resist. The direction or the admonition of the Holy Spirit that's that's leading us and convicting us, and we 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 become stiff-necked, as the Old Testament kind of says, this idea and picture of an animal that will not yield to the direction of the the master. We're fighting God. We're having controversy with Him, and and the trick is that a lot of the times the flesh will try to. Hide in something that's legitimate. You know, that's that verse there where where it takes opportunity. You know, our freedom becomes an opportunity for excuses to be made. I'm free to do this. These are good things. These are things God has me to do. Yes, but beware that your flesh doesn't try to make an opportunity of those things to get out of step with what the Spirit is saying and wanting to do in your life. How many people know that families can be destroyed by someone who becomes a workaholic, someone that takes a legitimate God responsibility and turns it into an idol, or someone who turns their recreation into an, a, a place where soon they are no longer spending time With the people God desires them to spend time with and has has called them to care for and walk with, and instead they're wasting their time in some other capacity or with some other people, etc. These are just examples of how we can get to a place where we're no longer in step with the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 in the message says, kind of adds just a lot of kind of paraphrasing language, which though not an accurate translation in the the most uh, academic sense of the word, it is good to kind of just sit in this conversation that Eugene Peterson kind of provides in the message and listen to these priorities and dangers kind of with different language that might maybe get into our mind and heart in a different way. So listen to this same passage that I read before, but in the message. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to live a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence, love others as you love yourself. This or that's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out, and in no time at all, you will be annihilating each other, and where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this, he continues, live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness that fleshly um, war that's going on. For there is a root of self, of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are contrary to each other, so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Now, listen to this list. This is where I really felt the message is helpful in bringing this home as we close. He says, um, this is what trying to get your own way looks like all the time. Repetitive loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, Divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on, Paul says. This isn't the first time I have warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, You will not inherit God's kingdom, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, and serenity. He continues, We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. It's crucified. And in closing, he says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives for each of us is an original. I really appreciate the language there that is used to kind of bolster and, and bring a greater understanding to the words that are in the more succinct, um, academic kind of translation of the scripture. I think all of us in some capacity can really relate to that whole list of both the negatives and the positives of what a life is, being governed or being influenced or being led by the flesh looks like and what a life that's in step with the spirit looks like that's my prayer for all of us i pray this that as a congregation and as a church we would be able to be in step with the spirit live lives being led by the spirit but 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 catching up to him and i feel like there's just a, a moment now for a lot of people you're out of step with the Spirit. You can get back in the direction and in step with Him by making some honest evaluations of where you got off track. I would would challenge you to prayerfully before the Lord, check your heart, check your flesh, discern what the Spirit is saying to you in this season, listen to the people around you that God is placed there to help you discern His will. Listen to His Word primarily, as I have read it here, and hopefully it has uh, shed light and brought clarity to maybe some areas that you're out of step. Maybe you see the signs, you kind of see that fruit of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. God's using His Word to shine light right now. Maybe you can recognize that you are in a divided life, maybe with your, in your home or with your spouse, and you're out of step with each other, therefore you're out of step with what the Spirit's doing as well. These are all avenues through which God brings His wisdom and His light and His truth to us which is ultimately all governed by His love for us to lead us into that rich and meaningful, blessed place where His favor and His, His light and His love and His grace and His mercy are leading us and following us. His goodness is chasing after us. These are. This is the good field that the Lord has for us. Unfortunately, the flesh can take that freedom that God's given us and find an opportunity. And I hope As you you are listening to this, God's put his finger on some area that through repentance and confessing that to Christ, you would find forgiveness and that you would find the grace and his strength to lead you to get back in step with the Holy Spirit. God bless you. I hope this short kind of addendum to the service and the sermon is helpful in a very specific and really important area of your life. I'm praying for you as your pastor or as your friend or whoever's listening. I'm praying that you would get in step with the Holy Spirit and that that would lead to a life following the Holy Spirit towards all that God has for you in Christ. God bless. I'm praying for you.